For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Broncos podcast presented by Bet Online. Big O, I'm just going to get into it because when I'm out and about, when they saw the score of that Bills game on Saturday, 42-15, people are going nuts. Like, they're not jumping off the ship, but there wasn't a lot good to be said. And I guess the first thing I want to ask you is, watching that game, yes, the ones didn't play for the Denver Broncos, but the ones only played, what, one series for the Bills, too? So this was twos and threes versus twos and threes, basically, for the entirety of the game, except for... uh the first drive. So what was your take on that game? Do people have a reason to start freaking out a little bit? Oh, my biggest takeaway from this past weekend is that we lack depth mm. that we just automatically thought that we had here with the Broncos. You know, when you spend six years looking for a quarterback, that's the most important position in all of sports. So you're right. just looking at the quarterback position. And you're not really looking at these other positions where I know the Broncos are deep at wide receiver. I know the Broncos are trying to figure it out at the tight end position. Mm -hmm. You know, when the starters get out there, you know, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams at running back, we're going to be perfectly fine. But that's just it. Everywhere else, there's a lack of depth on this football team. And I think that's what's been highlighted the most. That has to be the biggest takeaway from the Broncos playing against the Bills. Because, yes, you know, it's a preseason. We don't know what the Bills are doing in training camp versus we know what the Broncos are doing because we're in that market. Um, but I looked at a team that I was expecting some young guys to pop and, you know, s cement their place on this roster this past weekend against the Bills, but that never happened. So I think the biggest takeaway is that we're not as deep as we thought we were at all these other positions. And we're going to have to see if George Payton could be really active on the waiver wire once this roster is getting cut down, because there will be a lot of good players out there because it's only 53 guys on each roster each and every year that are active. Right. Well, I did hear you say something on your show. You can hear Big O and Cecil on the fans, six to nine, Monday through Friday. You said something to me, and it made me really think. You said maybe they are trying to stay healthy because Nathaniel Hackett has preached this team needs to stay healthy going into week one, and he's not really even thinking about week one. He's like, week 14, 15, 16, we need a healthy group. And you said maybe they're thinking about winning the healthy game. And I was like, wow, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, well, when you have a head coach, that's all that has been told. Like, hey, I hate preseason games. Uh, I hate the fact that guys can get hurt, you know, who, who truly believes in the science of it, but also the, that the big aspect is 
that it's all about who is the most healthiest. I've heard him say this many times. Who the, the team that's the most healthiest when it comes around to playoff time, those are the teams that are most equipped to, to get around. And absolutely, he's 100% right. You know, once it comes to the end of a season, week 15, 16, 17 of a season, teams that are the most healthiest are going to probably be the most successful once you get to the playoffs because those teams have built up that camaraderie. They have the reps. They've created the callus. They are mentally and physically tough. The big aspect that I think that we're missing out on before all of that is the toughness aspect that we have to create that right now. We have to build those calluses right now. I understand the science of it. You know, guys are, are, you know, how you want to do practice and how you want to get guys healthy and how you want to stick to a plan for a team and stuff like that. 100% get that. What I don't get is now, how do you have a football team go out there and have days that are not full speed? Football is always played full speed. Mm -hmm. How do you have a football team go out there and not face any type of adversity in practice. You know, for me, Chris, when I played in the National Football League and I retired, what, this is going to be my fifth year out, going against guys like Von Miller, Elvis Dumerville, DeMarcus Ware in practice each and every day, where those guys were going out there and they were grinding their butts off and, and going balls to the wall, those guys made it so much easier on Sundays for me because those guys were getting after it each and every play. With how the Broncos have constructed their training camp this year, it's been very unique where they'll have two days in a row that's hard, and then they'll have a day that's a complete jog through. Like, it's not even 50% speed out there. And it's only a mental day where football, I've been told the whole time that when it comes to football, you have to play full speed. You have to be able to do things to work on the timing, to be able to trust the guys that are next to you because you guys have faced adversity together. And this Broncos team now just have not done that. So hopefully this past weekend against Buffalo was a big eye-opener for this team because Buffalo went out there and just looked dominant. It didn't matter who they put out there. They were able to have success. One of the big things I saw during the game is – the Buffalo running game had huge holes and we know, you know, Jonas Griffith got injured. I mean, and they're playing the twos and the threes, but Buffalo was too. What is this defensive line not doing? Are they like, is it gap integrity? What is it? Because it looked, there were holes so big. It looked like I could get my big butt thrown. Uh, Well, I'll tell you, there's two things. You said one of them, gap integrity. You know, with any defense, right? I mean, each person that is responsible for a gap and you're responsible not to allow that team to move you out that gap. But what I saw as the game went on with this Broncos team was guys were standing straight up. So it tells me that this team is tired. This team is not well conditioned. And we know that the ones take majority of the reps and OTAs and training camp and things like that. Well, what the Broncos did, which I thought was very good, well, they would have the twos and threes stay after practice, after the ones were kind of let go, and they would have like a little mini scrimmage. So allow these guys to get more reps. But against Buffalo, you see, you could see it. Guys standing straight up, guys huffing and puffing, guys getting blown off the line of scrimmage. So I think it's a combination of gap integrity and guys not, you know, being able to stay in their gap. But 
you couple that with the fact that this team is not well-conditioned and guys stand straight up, you're going to lose that battle every single time. Let's move over to the big boys on the other side of the ball, the offensive line. I mean, I don't know how many times we have to say it. Since you left the Denver Broncos, the right tackle position has been in flux. Billy Turner is just working his way back. What's going on with the offensive line and especially that right tackle position? Uh, well, it's been a it's been a Ferris wheel at that right tackle position. They just have not been able to find somebody to solidify that. But uh, as well, it, the candidates that the Broncos have tried to fill that with it just made no sense. You know, you go back to kind of right when I left, Donald Stevenson is a backup for Kansas City, right? So just expecting them to come in here and be able to play. We saw how that went. Um, then you moved on to Malik Watson. Then you had some older guys come in for one-year stance. Billy Turner was here at one point in, in a different system. But now Billy Turner's back in the system that he's been in for the last couple of years in Green Bay. So I anticipate Billy Turner is going to be perfectly fine for the Broncos this year. I thought Calvin Anderson was doing a heck of a job at the start of training camp. But he kind of fizzled out at a couple of bad days in a row at that position. And right now, you know, I, I really don't know how much confidence this coach step has in Calvin Anderson when you're not playing your ones and he's been a one this whole training camp and Billy Turner comes off the publics and he's still out there. That's some questions, right? You got to think mm-hmm. that maybe he's not viewed as a one anymore. Maybe they're looking at him as a backup and want him to get reps or maybe they're not happy with how he has played up until this point, because I'm looking at Garrett Bowles. He's not out there. Lloyd Cushenberry sure as heck ain't out there. Uh, Dalton Reisner is not out there. And when I look at Lloyd Cushenberry, Dalton Reisner, these guys are younger guys than Calvin Anderson. So right. it, there's some real question marks when you look at the right side of the offensive line, particularly. You know, the interesting thing last week, uh, we talked about the depth chart and, especially that backup quarterback situation. And Josh Johnson looked great week one versus the Cowboys. Yes, it is preseason, but didn't look so great against the bills. But Brett Ribbon came out and looked really good and kind of stuck with it. And the passing game was getting a little bit of juice at the end of that fourth quarter. Is there an actual competition for that backup spot? Well, Nathaniel Hackett said today that Brett Whipple was going to get the, the first half this week going against Minnesota. So that makes it feel like there actually is a competition, right? Where mm-hmm. you get when in your first two games, you, you let your older veteran type of guy in, in Josh Johnson, been around the league a time or two, let him kind of get those first two opportunities. But Ripon has un- undoubtedly came and, and opened up the eyes for Broncos country where, hey, it probably shouldn't just be Josh Johnson because you're the veteran guy and play a ton of football. You probably shouldn't just be awarded that job because when Rippon was out there, it was exciting. And Rippon was spreading the ball around, explosive play after explosive play in the passing game. And he was able to deliver the ball with a good time and everything. Not a bad thing about Josh Johnson. I don't have any, I'm not sitting here, I'm not bashing him. He had a tough task going up against that Buffalo defense and a lot of their ones out there for the first uh, two drives, that could be tough on a quarterback. And right. he still was able to go down there and move the ball that first drive and, and go get a field goal out of it. But it is tough when you're the back of quarterback going against a lot of those starters on a team that is arguably looked at as a team to go be in the Super Bowl or be in the championship game. You know, Buffalo's 
not in the Broncos' shoes. I think here in Broncos country, we'd be happy just to make it to the playoffs. And mm-hmm. hey, you know, if we're able to pull it off on wildcard weekend, so be it. Amazing. I think that would be huge success for this team, where if you look at a team like the Buffalo Bills, it's not about just making it to the playoffs. It's not about just winning wildcard weekend. I think that fan base, that, that coaching staff, those players would be highly upset if they only won one playoff game this year. No, you're 100% right. And, and I think a lot of Broncos fans did take a look at that Buffalo Bill team and it took them a lot of years to get there. I mean, yeah. how many years were they knocking on the door? Josh Allen's down there and he's just learning the offense, throwing the, like some crazy passes. Accuracy wasn't what it is today. And it took them time. I mean, the Broncos don't have that kind of time with Russell Wilson. They can't allow him to develop or get this thing right. Like two, three, four years. We need it in the next year or two. Yeah. When you look at a guy like Josh, Josh Allen, his best football are ahead of him. When you look mm-hmm. at Russell Wilson, we don't know that. We're hoping for that here in Bronco country, right? But we don't know that. And just at the quarterback position, Russell's 33 years old. Yes, quarterbacks Tom Brady has shown that he could, you could, Russell could possibly play for another decade. But that is an anomaly. Tom Brady's a unicorn. I mean, that doesn't happen. We saw Philip Rivers try to do it, right? And then he was all of a sudden done. We we saw Drew Brees, he had to walk away from the game. Big Ben, his body just started failing. Peyton Manning, after 18 season, that right arm, that 18th season just wasn't what it was ever. And ultimately had to walk away from the game. And when you look at a guy like Russell Wilson, who primarily relies on his legs to be able to move the pocket, to get out of the pocket, extend plays, you have to question how much longer he could do it at this level with a sport that's 100% injury rate. So looking at a guy like Josh Allen, Buffalo has built around him. That's what a lot of people don't realize. For them to be able to give the deal that they gave Devon Miller this offseason, they have a lot of guys on rookie contracts. You know, they've really built depth through the draft and done it the right way. With the Broncos, we know trading for Russell Wilson, you got to trade away a lot of draft picks. Got to give away a lot of draft picks as well. So now it's, hey, we got to go get some free agents. We got to get the right pieces in here. And that's what we're trying to do. But it's a struggle now to create depth for the Broncos because you're spending a lot of money with free agency. I want, uh, have you been paying attention at all to the Seattle quarterback situation with Geno and Drew Locke? A little bit. I saw that Drew was supposed to get the start this past week, and, but he ended up catching COVID. Right. I mean, Drew seems like he can't catch a break. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard the reports. Uh, it's going to be nice seeing who comes out on top of that whole thing. I think ultimately, if you're Seattle, what the heck do you have to lose? You just went and got all the Broncos' first-round picks. You're going to be able to do whatever you want in this year's draft and next year's draft. I'd play Drew Locke and just see the kid and see what he could do. Let him develop. It was interesting. The reason I bring it up is because they are going nuts in Seattle. In fact, one of the radio hosts in Seattle was talking about how Geno Smith v. Drew Locke is the worst quarterback battle in NFL history, and I'm laughing, and I'm like, Hey, welcome to our world. Yeah, Wouldn't Russell think, Wilson look pretty good right now? Yeah, I, I don't think that they realize what we've been going through the last uh, six years here with the Broncos and the roller coaster ride at the quarterback position that we've had. You know, there've been there's been ten different starting quarterbacks over the last six years for the Broncos. You know, there's been it's like 
the number is at 15 or 16 at the right tackle position, which yep. is just utterly ridiculous, right? Not getting it right. But yeah, now Seattle sees what what we were been dealing with, and you know, we're, that's why it's so for uh, me. I don't care what Seattle fans say about Russell Wilson because it's better than what we've had here the last six. Heck years. yes. <laughs> you know, um, we we're ta- we've talked about some of the rooms that might need some help: the offensive line, especially right tackle, uh, the second uh, options on the defensive line. One room that has really seemed to like show some hope, even after the Tim Patrick injury, are those wide receivers, Montreal Washington, Jalen Virgil. I I mean, a lot of these guys, Kendall Hinton too. I mean, they are looking Johnson. good. That uh, that wide receiver room is just intriguing and exciting. If you're a Denver Bronco fan, yeah, and that's a room. If you're a guy like George Payton, you got to get creative. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to start looking at that thing and saying, okay, you know what? Probably only going to keep about six of these guys. You know, can I put together a package? Can I move on from some of these guys to come get some help in some of these other rooms? Saw the Broncos release Joe Sherbert earlier today. He's been mm-hmm. here for a week, right? A little bit over a week. But that inside linebacker room is still some question marks. So can you put together a package appealing enough with some of these young wide receivers? Because there is talent there. You know, you're talking about Jalen Virgil, a guy that can stretch the field, that his game, he just keeps on stacking days. Brandon Johnson has stacked a whole training camp and a whole OTAs where, hey, he has arrived and he is going to be a contributor to whatever team. And if you try to sneak him past on, on the, to get him to practice squad, a team will scoop him up. Jalen Virgil as well. So you start looking at these things. And, oh, by the way, we also have Tyree Cleveland. We haven't talked right. about him as well. So you start looking at some of these young guys, and if you're George Payton, you probably want to use some of these young guys to help, you know, help out rooms and, and try to get players. You know, no more of this draft pick stuff because, as we've seen, George Payton is not afraid to move on from some of his draft picks. He's been sure. here for two years, two drafts. Well, in two cuts this in the last 10 days, he's already moved on from two of his draft picks over the last two years. So he's not here to dilly-dally around. He's here to win football games, and he's letting this team know that production is what keeps you on the team. Production is what gets you a spot on this roster. But guess what? We're not going to be able to have and award all these spots to these wide receivers, so we got to get proactive and maybe you know start making some phone calls and, and moving some of this young talent in that wide receiver room. It's interesting because we all know Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, they're a lock. Then you only get have three more, and you have like five guys. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so you're absolutely right. Um, it would help out maybe some of the other rooms. As far as you you already talked about it, the Denver Broncos are going to be scouring the waiver wire, <laughs> maybe even a uh, a lot next week. I don't know how many how many moves George Payton is going to end up making, but like you know, Michael Ojemudia gets injured; he's out for a prolonged uh, period of time. The secondary, which looked like a super strength at the beginning of this of training camp now kind of looks a bit suspect. Do you think the Denver Broncos are going to bring in maybe like a veteran DB? Um, yeah, I would hope so. You know, I, Joe Hagan's out there. Um, I don't think it's really the D I don't think that the problem is not the safety position for the Broncos. Right. Broncos are going to be fine at free safety, strong safety. It's how do we find a corner? And I know Xavier Rhodes is out there as well, who has connections and ties to George Payton. So he's an appealing name. For the Broncos, and I think that he would be a guy that quick up to speed 
But you have to find a way to create that because even with OJ Bouvier being only, I think he's going to be out, what, is, what did they say, four to six weeks with that yep. elbow injury, doesn't require surgery. But even if we're looking at him to be a contributor, just cut on the Buffalo game. They're looking for number 13 and they're saying, hey, we're running at him or we're throwing at him. So, mm-hmm. and that's what, unfortunately, that's the kind of worms that Michael O.J. Moody has opened in the National Football League where he might be a liability because teams will look at him to pick on him. So it's not like, hey, we'll just wait until he gets there. He still needs to develop. I think, still think there's some skill there that, to work with, but we probably need to look at that room and say, hey, we got to make an addition and maybe get somebody fast in that cornerback room that has played some snaps and has been around the block a time or two in the National Football League. Here's a little pie in the sky idea, and this is uh, some of the boys were talking to me about it, and I wanted to ask you what you thought if the Broncos were able to make a move for Roquan Smith. Is that just out of the? Is that just out of the realm of possibility for the Denver Broncos bringing in a guy like that? I mean, why? You want to hear my plan? Yeah, you, I want to hear. Want to hear my plan? I do. For Roquan. Okay, so we know that the Chicago Bears, they're lacking at the wide receiver position. Yep. Who do you want? If I am the Denver Broncos, I am willing to give you Jerry Judy. I am also willing to give you KJ Hamler as well. Oh, yes. For the for Worldcon. But, oh, I will add a player. You want Dalton Weisner as well at the guard position? Because I'll put Natalia Moody at left guard in a heartbeat. And if they do take my two wide receivers, guess what I'm going to go do? Now, Chris, I'm going to go call a little birdie that's down the street in Parker, Colorado, and Emmanuel Sanders, a guy who knows how to compete, a guy who knows what it looks like to win a Super Bowl, that's going to bring the attitude and get after his teammates if they're not giving it 110%. So I'm going to go get a player coach now to help my young football team. I help show guys like Tyree Cleveland, Jalen Virgil, Brandon Johnson, right? Because I'm left with a young wide receiver room. Hey, and Cortland, it's time. It's time to go be this monster that people have been saying that you have been. We've seen you for four years. We haven't seen you take over the NFL yet. And we know that Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland have been chippy back in the day with that fight when Cortland was a rookie. But I don't care for that because I want to win football games. I want guys to bring that attitude out and guys to just know that it's different now because you have Russell Wilson. You have a quarterback. A quarterback is the end-all beyond the National Football League, Chris. And given the fact that we have Russell, we don't know how many years, Russell, productive years he has left. It is time to push your chips in the table and go all in. So when I look at a guy like Roquan, I'm going to offer up whatever wide receivers you want if you're the Chicago Bears or the Denver Broncos because that's a generation talent. When we look at this offense, we're going to live in a two tight end world. So we're going to play two tight ends. So that means there's going to be only be two wide receivers out there on the field. So when there's two wide receivers, I don't have to sit here and say, oh, my goodness, I got to have a wide receiver room with six guys in there. I right. can now make some subtractions in that room to get better. But Roquan would be a day one starter from the get-go. Um, and in my opinion, not in my opinion, Roquan comes in here. He's a top two defensive player. Yes. Who do you want to put ahead of him? You, you can't put Chubb ahead of him because Chubb's on that fifth-year contract. And you yep. don't even know if Chubb's going to be here next year because you got to pay Russell Wilson, right? You also got to pay Dalton Riser next year. So that's why I'm adding them in the trade. So you just got to find a way to figure it out to get this team better. But Rokon would come in and he would be a top three guy on this team 
if not the number one player on the defense, number two behind Justin Simmons. You know, and a guy like Roquan, he's one of those erasers. And like we talked about, obviously the Denver Broncos defensive line is going to be a lot better when the starters play. You know, that's we know that's going to happen. But he's a guy when they make a mistake, he's an eraser. You know what I yeah. mean? He's Covers there. it up. Absolutely. Covers you know, it up. Um, he's going to cover up your flaws. If a guy's not in the right gap or misses a tackle, he's going to, you know, cover it up. And, and he's going to stay on the field. That's the big thing, too. Right now, the Broncos at the inside linebacker position, Chris, we don't have anybody that's going to sit out there and go play 100% of the snaps defensively this year. We have to, oh, man, they just put three wide receivers out there. We got to go nickel. We got to get a linebacker off the field. Oh, man, they went to the four wide set. We got to get all of the linebackers out there, uh, our original starters, and get just a bunch of speed guys, right, that could go from right. sideline to sideline and, and cover. So the, right now, the way this team is constructed, you're going to be substituting, as we realize that, bro, you're going to be substituting a ton this year depending on what personnel the offense gives you because they could get Josie Jewell off the field as fast as possible if they want to. They'll post a team. Okay, I realize the Bills game was a preseason game, but the Broncos historically, when they travel east and play that early game, it always seems to be a rough go. I don't know if it's the timing, you know, just kind of disrupting the the regular stuff that you guys do. And, is there anything to that early game on the East Coast that changes stuff for you guys? Yeah, I don't think so at all, to be honest with you, because when you do go on the East Coast, especially when you're flying from Colorado to Buffalo, don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever made that flight, but you're on the plane for about four hours. Well, let's take a nap, guys. Let's take a nap. Let's sit there. Let's get at least a little two-hour nap. So when you get to the hotel room that night, you're going to be able to get, you know, maybe you can't go to sleep, but if you get two and then later on, you figure out a way to get six. That's eight combined, so you right. should be fine the next day. This is football. you got to find ways to get up. This is your job. There's always guys that will do your job for less money and put it with a smile on their face and not complain and come in there with no attitude problems. And as an NFL player, you got to understand that. You can't be using this excuse about going on the East Coast. Guess what? The eight times a year or sometimes nine times a year, people have to come in and play in this altitude. Yep. Southfield is no joke. When I played for the Broncos, I had to show up at least 10 days before training camp started, at least 10 days before OTA started, just to get adjusted back to this, that altitude. You have teams that come here at a max of 48 hours before the game. So you're at an advantage. So you have to figure out a way to put that in, take that out of your mind. If you got to take a sleeping pill or ambient the night before, I don't care what you got to <laughs> do. You got to figure out a way to get up and, and get going the next morning when you're playing on the East coast. Well, the last preseason games coming up against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, obviously a lot of familiarity between George Payton and the Vikings. What are we looking for in this game? The starters obviously aren't going to be playing. I mean, what are you looking for in this game? Is it just to stay healthy once again, or what are we looking to do in this? last? Not me. I've never been looking to stay healthy. Football's a hundred percent injury rate. Right. Listen, when I played in NFL, I understood that I was going to get hurt. What I was hoping for is like, hey, I'm going to break a finger or I dislocate a finger. Hey, sure. you know, maybe a bursa sack here or there. We would get that train. Uh, a low ankle sprain versus a high ankle sprain. A grade two MCL versus tearing it all the way. That's what you hope for as a player because you're playing in a sport that's 100% injury rate. So I hope that's not the mindset of these players. 
what they should be thinking offensively, run the football. How Please. do you find a way to be effective in running the football? Because that is what leads into the play action game. And that's only the only way that you're going to be able to have success as a whole offense this year. So offensively, you have to find a way that's your last chance to go out there and be efficient in running the football. Defensively, stop the run. Man, Dallas's backups had a 100-yard day on you. Buffalo put their starters out there. Josh Allen won series. Then it, they went to Case Keenum. And the twos, the, the starters, are all around, other than quarterback, because he's played two series. But yet Buffalo had a 200-yard day on the ground. So you have to find a way to now, if you're this defense, to stop the run. Because that's unacceptable. And guess what? You're going against the same offense that you've been practicing against all of off, the whole offseason because Minnesota's running the same offense. So read your keys. It should look a lot better, and you should be able to get after it. And God, great goodness gracious, <laughs> we, let's not have a backup quarterback do what Case Keenum did to us, 16 of 18, 192 yards and a touchdown. We, we can't have that. Hey, so those are my things. Especially we would have taken that when special. he was here, though. We would have taken yeah. that one. That would have been yeah. great. Yeah, that would have been amazing. <laughs> if he finished the game like that, that would have been amazing. But special teams continue doing what you're doing because I think that right now, if you're Bronco country, don't be naive. Don't be a fool. Let's say it with me right now, everybody. Special teams has been the best thing this offseason for this team. Yes, they've been it's, good. It's noticeably different. They're going to be able to compete. There are multiple returners between Jalen Virgil, between Mike Boone, between Montrose Washington. We have multiple kickoff returners, and there's some real depth there. So special teams are going to be special, but we have to find a way for the offense to stand out and the defense to stand out a little bit more as well. That's Big O. You can listen to Big O Monday through Friday on 104.3 The Fan, 6 to 9 with Cecil, and you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram, OFranklin74. Good stuff. Oh, I appreciate you, like always. And, uh, you know, let, let, let's hope that running game gets going for the Broncos because I hear you talk about it all the time. And if the scheme is right, it's all will. Like, that was yes. one of your favorite. Every time I hear you talk, you talk about how much you love to run block. Yeah. Yeah, you got to love it, right? I mean, as an offensive lineman, I'm going to take my my old body, right, 330 yeah. pounds. I want to go forward more than I have to go backwards, right? And if I go forward against a guy that's has a little bit more athletic ability and lean on him, it's his body blows, body blows. And I'm going to break that person down by the end of the game. I'm going to be able to break his will. When you get into these throwing matches, I'm at a disadvantage. Offensive linemen are always going to be at a disadvantage going backwards when a person that's probably the most athletic people on the field, these outside linebackers and defensive ends, they're just freakish athletes, let's be honest. Now, and just to go out there and try to throw the ball against them 40 plus times makes no sense. But if you get the run game going and you're successful, it's easier now for a guy like Nathaniel Hackett to continue to call those runs when you're popping it for four plus yards each and every run play that he does call. I miss those days. Good stuff. Uh, big go, and we'll catch you next week. Hey, thanks, Chris, for having me. Hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.